tell myself, making another excuse. I can't be the only writer who's looking for a motivational gimmick of some kind. Someone has to have thought of something that accelerates the process by now. I want an internal combustion engine for my mind. I want rocket fuel. I read once that Jerry Seinfeld advises would-be comedians to use a red sharpie and an enormous calendar to mark off the days they've attended to the creative task of writing new material. Eventually, they will bank up a crimson chain of days, even weeks. Don't break the chain, he says. This seemed like a great idea, just checking off the dates with a marker and a calendar. It didn't work for me, though. As soon as I got a series of days going, I would look at that chain and want to break it. I'd have to break it, in fact, just to be sure I still had my freedom. See, tool after self-help tool has failed me. Or I failed them either way. From overeating to speeding, I have found it impossible to remake myself. And these are only the bad habits I've tried to convert into good ones— I haven't yet mentioned the sins I've tried to spin into righteousness. I haven't yet shared the jealousy I've learned to justify and the contempt I've tried to cover up. Over time, I began feeling I was stuck, being me. But there was something off about that idea. Now I react to this thought in my mind the same way I do when I read or hear other popular phrases among people in the church today. Phrases like, I am just a mess. It sounds humble enough, but let's play the whole thing out. I have given my life to Jesus, and yet I am still in most ways stuck, broken, a mess. See, it just doesn't work. It almost makes sense when I hear people sharing these self-deprecating evaluations. We want to stay modest and real, not giving off the foul odor of being holier than thou. We want to avoid the stench of hypocrisy. But things make so much less sense when Christians use these descriptions. What we are saying indirectly when we call ourselves a mess is that Jesus did quite a lot for us when he died on the cross and rose from the dead, but perhaps not enough. Crucifixion couldn't fix us. Alas, we're still broken. And we're still advertising that we are. I can hear someone saying, Jesus is not the problem. His sacrifice was sufficient. It's me who can't seem to get it together. This person has seen the grace of Jesus, but has not taken hold of it. He accepts the gift of eternal life in heaven, but still ignores the gift of abundant life here on earth. He agrees that Christ took on the punishment of death, but still thinks he can handle the life part on his own. I know, because I have been that person. After all, Jesus has catastrophes and global starvation to tend to. I would hate to bother him with my fingernails. I should be able to handle that much. And so we kneel before the cross, giving Jesus our lives but not our living. And then we stand up and walk home to our occasional overdrinking and our it's-not-really-a-problem pornography. We return to our fractured relationships and our embarrassingly cluttered houses. We wear t-shirts that read, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. For some reason, we've believed that the initial decision to follow Christ would empower us to go back to our everyday lives and clean up the messes ourselves. Eventually, but probably not today.
What is all this saying to the world? Who would ever want to become a Christian if, after embracing the blood of Christ, they were going to stay the messes they'd always been? Come follow Jesus, our lives say, although you'll still have issues afterwards, and in fact, you'll have much more to do because you'll have to go to church and read the Bible and monitor your alcohol intake and avoid sexual temptation and be in a small group. This is on top of your current concerns, career responsibilities, and hectic schedule. Oh, by the way, you'll also be taken for an irrelevant rube by the general population. Good luck. Thanks, but no, the world answers, rolling their eyes and walking away. Intelligent people don't decide to start seeing a doctor whose patients aren't getting any better. Wait, Jesus interrupts. Don't you know why I've come? He says.